T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And today you come and get it. Yours truly in the nation's capital, Russell. Hunkered down in a bunker somewhere. In Northern Virginia. Why? Because he's going to be inviting people into his home today. Strange people who have never been there before. Rufio wants to make sure they don't take his property. I'm just kidding. He's got some maintenance that's got to happen at the home front today, and he's being the cool dude staying home. And the beautiful little technology that we work with today, Chris and I could technically be doing this show from the Bahamas. You know, Matt could find himself in, like, Finland, and we could be doing this show together with the three of us because of the technology that is available. Right, Mr. Russell? We could also be uh, calling in from the uh, Ivory Coast of Costa Rica. That's where the Sharps are. (laughs) And I'm just teasing. You know, that (laughs) is... um, Look, I, I, I'd love to know how much activity has been taken away from offshore action, considering how prevalent gambling is now here yeah. uh, stateside and uh, the, the way you can do things. But I'm sure there are still some people oh, yeah. uh, no, sequestered yeah. away in some of the finest warm islands uh, where we're not dealing with 38 degrees. However, I I almost called the I almost just referred to this on Twitter as a beautiful Friday. I mean, I guess theoretically it can't possibly be a beautiful Friday if it's sub 40 degrees, but at least the sun is shining. At least it's uh, not icy. It's not um, snowing. It's not, you know, raining or anything like that, obviously. Uh, And, you know, I guess you look at the calendar, Pedro, and you say, "Eh, January 20th, like, you can't ask for much more. Yeah, no no doubt about it. I mean, uh, th- this kind of weather is fine. Um, unlike, you know, it was funny. I got. I, I want to kick Kevin Sheehan's rear end, man, uh, it, because having Joe and Doc on this week talking about that Cowboys championship game, and he's right every time. I mean, I, I've watched that championship game probably five times in the last six months on YouTube that sent Washington to Super Bowl 17 and eventually a win over the Miami Dolphins. And, you know, the the fact that that game against that team in that stadium with that kind of ruckus crowd, the roar on the play where Dexter Manley tips the Hogaboom pass in the air, picked off by Daryl Grant, the big fella from Rice University, the roar in that stadium at that time was spectacular. 
ironically, story to tell, because of when they played the game, I was able to watch the first half at home, but I had, I was playing. I was 12 years old. I had a youth basketball game. In fact, I just turned 13. I had a youth basketball game. I thought you were going to say you had a no. job or a game to call well, or, or, or a schedule to make. I, I could have done play-by-play at age 13. <laughs> I, I was I was cognizant enough already. I mean, look, I was my, my grandfather famously, I'll never forget it, uh, and, you know, when anybody ever asks my life story, and I've had a couple of people write about it in, in my in lifetime, I've been very lucky. Um, my grandfather, when I was five, gave me a Panasonic tape recorder. But very famously, he had to literally pick me up from the living room and bring me to the kitchen table for a Thanksgiving dinner because I was broadcasting the Thanksgiving Day football game uh, with Roger Staubach in it into a Panasonic tape recorder when I was five. <laughs> So I was sitting in the living room, and I was like, hey, my, my grandmother's make the turkey and everything, and I'm no, I, I, I'm, I'm doing a game. I'm, I'm broadcasting the game. i got to stay right here. Pete's busy, Grandma. Yeah, you know. And put, the, put the turkey out to pasture. i got to gain the call. So I am at the free throw line, and back then you had these, like, little battery-operated, for the most part, mini black-and-white TVs people could hold in their hand. And – all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I'm standing at the free throw line, and some dude goes, oh, yes! And I knew it wasn't for me because I hadn't even shot the shot yet. And it was the Dexter Manley play where he tips it in the air and World Grant uh, runs it in uh, to the end zone. And everybody's like, what happened? Because everybody knew, everybody knew. Everybody kept asking this guy, what happened? What happened? And he goes, the Redskins scored! And... You know, I'll never forget that as long as I live because being a Redskins fan, and obviously I was way too young to understand what was ha- what happened in 72 uh, with the, the 26-3 demolition of the Cowboys uh, back then. But um, that that day, and I agree with Kevin. I agree with Kevin. As, as big as 70 chip was and winning the Super Bowl, you don't get to the Super Bowl without that day at RFK. And for those – that have been Washington fans that are obviously younger than Kevin and I are, but have, you know, but grew up fans of this team and still root for this team. And, and Kevin's right. And Doc is right. Doc said it perfectly. He he wants our current fans to be able to experience what that moment was like. And I can't even tell you the goosebumps that that game still brings me when I listen to it. And when you listen to Summerall and you listen to Madden, I mean, that whole year, that whole year, that game. I mean, I I can quote Frank Herzog word for word on the biggest plays of the year because it, it sticks out so much to you. That and the fact that I got a stupid photographic memory that allowed me to skip first grade. It was a beautiful thing. Um, but that's that's just how special that was and how special RFK was and how nuts that place was and could be. And I, I, I think all of us that have been fans of this team, that have been, mm-hmm. that enjoyed that run of football, would like today's Washington fan. I would love for Tailgate Ted to be able to experience yeah. that, okay? Got people, like, people like Tailgate Ted, you know, Susie Q and all of them, that – have been diehard through and through that go out to the park when they come home from Sunday night games at two in the morning and they're there to greet them with a wave and stuff like that. Those people that have invested that, I want them to be able to experience that feeling, oh, sure. that yeah. euphoria 
And I still feel we're so far away from it, unfortunately. Yet at the same time, I can talk myself into the right moves that would get you back into at least contention to do that. And the discussions that have been going on this week about the offensive coordinator position and a name that obviously became available official yesterday. Kevin talked about it with Ben Standing earlier uh, this morning. Craig Hoffman talked about it yesterday, almost as if he was making a pitch for this person. And right off the top, I will ask you, the fact that Greg Roman, statistically, Chris, has some awesome numbers, okay, Awesome numbers. Numbers that you can't argue with. Why? Because the number one is attached to those numbers Mm -hmm. in terms of rushing attempts, rushing yardage production. No matter whether it was Lamar Jackson or before Lamar Jackson. Okay? Based on what Ron Rivera has told us that they want to be organizationally. Is the case for a guy like Greg Roman with the likes of Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, Williams, Patterson, you know, what seems to be a stable full of running backs in the room, is that a person that they should bring in, have a conversation with, or do we do a deeper dive and look into the fact that one of the keys to those rushing yards in a lot of Greg Roman's teams were, oh, wait a minute, Super mobile athletic quarterbacks like Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick, and Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I think you can posture it a couple of different ways. Or maybe posture is not the right word. I think you could... um, Sell it to me. Sell it to me. Sell the fan base because right now the Baltimore fan base basically was ready to go have a crab cake celebration in the Inner Harbor yesterday when the official word came that Greg Roman was resigning right. from the Baltimore Ravens. Well, he, he, remember what I what I sometimes tell you about the people in Baltimore, the fine people in Baltimore. They are sometimes, as I sort of jokingly refer to them as Baltimoreans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, here's the deal. Greg Roman is not reinventing the wheel by doing anything that you haven't seen before. But everywhere Greg Roman has been, for those of you that track statistics and rankings and those of you that put a high stock value in that without really knowing how they got from point A to point B and considering the personnel involved, for those of you that do that and buy into that and operate and and, and form your opinions like that, there's no way that you can ignore and look at Greg Roman as not a good potential fit with a head coach and a general manager that are going into a lame duck year who have stated over and over and over again to anybody that will listen and to anyone that will be a sucker and believe that they want to run the ball and not only run the ball, but run the damn ball and run the ball down your throat and run the ball two times to one in terms of run to pass. It is impossible, I believe, to find a better fit for what Ron Rivera 
and Martin Mayhew say they want to do than Greg Roman and how that fits in with what the Washington Commanders say they want to do and even, as you alluded, have the personnel to do. And yes, that includes Sam Howell. Because while Sam Howell is not Lamar Jackson, while Sam Howell is not or was not Colin Kaepernick, Sam Howell is a better passer, I believe, than both of those guys. Than both of those guys. I'm not saying he has better arm strength than Colin Kaepernick. He probably doesn't. Kaepernick had a rifle. But he is well, a better... I mean, Hal, Hal, Hal has a, a shotgun, too. A- absolutely. But, he, but he's got I mean, the, he's Kaepernick got the, probably... He's got the arm. Yeah, but Kaepernick probably was a notch above him, but it, it's not that far, right? My point being is, Sam Howell has the gun... And he has the mobility and the athleticism, as we saw two weeks ago, as we saw in training camp, as we saw in the preseason, as we saw at North Carolina. He has everything, everything that you would want and maybe more outside of height. Again, Kaepernick was big. Lamar wasn't big and isn't big in terms of height Uh, and even body frame. I mean, he's... Maybe a little bit bulk, maybe. But Sam is not a twig by any means. Greg Roman, who was made available yesterday, who is pursuing other interests, according to his agent. Uh, I forgot who had that report. Resigns from Baltimore because he knows, hey, listen, it's it's not working for whatever reason. Maybe him, he and Lamar, since, oh, by the way, he crafted an offense that helped, helped Lamar become an NFL MVP in okay. 2019. Right. And can I, can I dispel, can I dispel some, uh, I mean, can I spew some facts? Of course. For the Baltimore fan base and for those that may be looking at the possibility of a guy like Greg Roman here and going, eh, I don't know. Let me, let me spew some facts for you. In the 2019 MVP season for Lamar Jackson, okay, Lamar had a 43-pass attempt game. He had a five-touchdown pass game in a 59-10 win over Miami. He was 17 of 20 for 324 yards and five touchdowns, okay? That's a 324-yard passing game for Lamar Jackson. 24 of 34, 21 of 33. Okay, 20 of 31. Let's go to the 2021 season. 30 30 attempts, 31 attempts, 37 attempts, 43 attempts. In that game, Lamar Jackson, 37 of 43 for 442 yards and four touchdowns. No interceptions. 43 attempts, Chris. Oh, wait, here's a few weeks later against the Minnesota Vikings in a victory. So it's not, it's not like they were, you know, down 28 nothing and they had to keep throwing. 27 of 41 for three touchdowns. The next week, 26 of 43. Three weeks later, 20 for 32. 23 for 37. Okay? Even earlier this season, okay, Lamar Jackson's throwing the ball. 30, 29, 29, 29, 32, 32, 38. 33 and 32. So this notion that Greg Roman does not throw the football is stupid. It's stupid. So if if 
that's the same amount of pass attempts you would likely throw the ball with. A, even I'm not even sure if you throw that much with Taylor Heineke, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure you would throw that much with Sam Howell. So not so, by not by design, right? Certainly. So so saying that Greg Roman doesn't call passing plays mm-hmm. and doesn't throw the football. Oh it's, wait, it's absurd. Oh wait, we're gonna give Greg Roman. The greatest wide receiver room he's ever had in mm-hmm. all of his years as an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna he's he would walk into the greatest wide receiver room he's ever had. And oh wait a minute, if his run game coordination is as good here as it's been other places, and remember, part of that is the ability of the quarterback to enhance that run game. Sam Howell's not going to run the same amount as Lamar Jackson, Colin Kaepernick, or Alex Smith. But if you are running the football, Chris, what does that do? It gets safeties up in the box. Mm -hmm. It gets linebackers up closer to the line of scrimmage instead of dropping in coverage and blocking passing lanes. And, oh, what does that do? That then opens things up for Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. Mm -hmm. We see how great the tight end has been in the Greg Roman offense. So this notion that Roman doesn't throw the football is absurd. It's absurd. I totally agree. The problem in Baltimore was lack of consistency at the wide receiver position. Inj- and injuries at the wide receiver position. Tons of injuries at the wide receiver position. Right. But lack of lack of depth at that yep. position. Yep. They've had a good receiver yep. from time to time, but the lack of depth in the receiving core has been an issue. And but, sometimes but, but inconsistency Greg, of the quarterback. But that's Greg Roman's fault, right? I mean, he didn't snap his finger and program the robots the right way and, and tune the wires. And, he did, and plug- hey, Greg Roman didn't draft any of the wide receivers. Oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. He didn't sign you, any you wide receivers. You mean to tell me that the offensive coordinator isn't in charge Not of personnel. drafting and, uh, and, and of um, – uh, uh, programming the robots the right way. Oh, I, so I'm so when when I hear I when I hear though. Kevin Sheehan, Ben Stadnig, uh, you know Craig Hoffman make a case for a Greg Roman. When you look deeper into what's happening, yeah, okay, it's a stronger case than you think. It really is. So initially yesterday, when I heard the news on my way home. I immediately put out a tweet, you know, of course, tweaking the commander's fan base, basically saying that they would be salty as hell if Greg Roman was the guy. But they would be essentially wrong. He deserves absolute strong consideration because he matches pound for pound everything that you just alluded to, what Ron Rivera is publicly looking for. Yet, yet, here's two things. One, we have a new report this morning from John Keim of ESPN saying Eric Studsville uh, is going to interview on Monday. He's the Miami Dolphins assistant head coach, running backs coach. And this is a guy I know J.P. Finley has championed. um, And, of course, part of the Sean McVay staff and just interviewed for the Texans head coaching job. They're going to talk to... Rams assistant head coach and tight ends coach Thomas Brown next week for the vacant OC position. We haven't heard Greg Roman yet. We haven't heard um, Byron Lefkowitz yet. We haven't heard Eric Bieniemy yet. We're going to get to that in a sec before you just laugh and snark and whatever. Uh, or maybe more than a sec in a little bit. 
my point being is this process correctly is going to take some time to unravel. They shouldn't be in a rush. But then there's one other caveat. We sit here and we open up the show talking about Greg Roman this and Greg Roman that, and I think we're absolutely dead on balls accurate. Do you think Greg Roman, with his track record, with his resume, looks and says, the best I can do is potentially a one-year, one-and-done with the Washington Commanders. Well, here's the thing, though, Chris. Look at how many teams right now need an offensive well, coordinator. That, that's that's my po- the that's problem. That's my point. That's my point. Ben brought this up with Kevin, and it's spot on. You know, Ben Ben referred to a conversation with an executive with another team talking about how many teams, and you can hear that entire interview by going to the podcast at the Team 980. It was in the 8 o'clock, at top of the 8 o'clock hour on Kevin's show, and it was a lot of good information that Ben talked about all of the jobs, and let's face it, the number one job out there right now is the Chargers. Now, in theory, does that look like on the surface something, you know, Roman would be a guy they might hire for that? I doubt it. But if you're looking to go call plays somewhere else and you're an OC, if you're like a Studsville, a B enemy, uh, you know, guys that have to develop, quote, the play calling chops, they've done everything in terms of preparation, helping out, but the play calling responsibilities have been with other people. Wouldn't that be a more attractive destination? And the answer, of course, is yes, because you get a chance to coach just, just you know, Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. You get a chance to have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, DeAndre Carter, Austin Eckler at running back. I mean, there's just a lot to like about being able to go there if you can secure that job as a play caller. It gives you maximum ability uh, to to really show your wares as a play caller and get the results uh, that you're looking for. But the problem for Washington is you need an OC. You need an OC at a time where ten other teams, eleven other teams are shopping for the same thing. And when you when everybody's shopping for the same thing. You know, the the ability to get the best is quite the competition. And there are teams that have a more attractive situation in some respects. But yet I think the Washington situation is is an underlying gem based on the offensive talent and the skill rooms that you have here in DC. We'll talk about and, ab- and that's and that's the rub right there, just real quick. Uh the rub, the, the rub is you actually have a chance to do something special here. If you play your cards right. And if the head coach also allows you to have some freedom to develop to develop that blend, that mix of great or very good wide receiver talent, along with a young, presumably, quarterback and a presumably young veteran backup slash fringe starter, whoever the backup is. You actually have a chance. You're not take, You're not getting Justin Herbert. You're not even getting dopey Kyler Murray. But you're not taking over a situation here where the cupboards are bare. That's a good thing. That's the one thing that if you're Ron Rivera, you're selling to any candidate. I can give you Terry McLaurin. I can give you Jahan Dotson. I can give you Curtis Samuel. Deami Brown, Cam Sims. I can go five deep in my wide receiver room with people that can go catch a pass for you tomorrow in a clutch situation. I got four running backs I can give the football to and gain you yardage in an NFL game with confidence. Now, we've got to do some work on the offensive line. There's no doubt about that. But I, I can give you that. Plus, I can give you a quarterback that doesn't have three or four years of bad habits 
I have a quarterback that you can mold right away in the way you want him to play. I've got that for you right now. And I think there are a lot of offensive coordinators, when you look around the league and some of the situations around the league, that might look at that and go, hmm, hmm, I can do something with that. Let's talk about it with you. 301-230-098. We'll talk about some of the other candidacy angles that seem to be developing, including the one, as Chris mentioned it, the Biennemi thing is not as far-fetched as you would think. We'll explain coming up next right here on the Team 980, streaming live for free as always on the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. That's right. We don't need no education. The fabulous Pink Floyd. I always say this. I didn't get to where we are in, or where I am or whatever we are in radio. No, no dark sarcasms in the classroom. <laughs> because... Hey, teachers, leave those kids alone. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm just whatever we are, whatever I am, whatever I've turned out to be. And I, I'm, I guess I'm different in everyone's eyes. Uh, it's not because I took broadcast law in uh, in in 1995 at Buffalo State now University, Pedro. Did you did did you hear the big breaking news before we get back to uh, things that people care about? Uh, give me Is a that, little give me a little Rooster Cogburn breaking news. Yes, uh, the proud home of uh, well, not the proud home, the um. The place that I called home for five years, Buffalo State College in lovely Buffalo, New York. Lovely at this time of the year, uh, as the Bengals are going to find out this weekend. Has now become, as of this week, Buffalo State University. Yay! So now... Like, it, it was always part of the SUNY system, State University of New York, but it was State University of New York College at Buffalo because 
everyone just associates when you say, oh, I went to school in Buffalo. I went to or everyone associates it with UB and the Buffalo Bulls who have had now some some, you know, some good uh, success, both on the basketball court and on the football field. Khalil Mack. So all sorts of things. Right. So people have like over the last maybe decade or so said, oh, yeah, I'm Buffalo. Oh, you went to University of Buffalo. No, 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 no. So now I can truly say, well, I didn't go to the University of Buffalo, and I'm not a Buffalo Bull. I did go. I did go. And I did graduate from Buffalo State University with a Bachelor of Arts in Broadcasting. And, and look at me now! And, and you know what? Appropriately, you went to a school with the initials BSU. <laughs> Matty read my mind. I was going to tell Matt down the line in the ear, getting a woo ready to go. Matt knocked it out of the park. So That's right. basi- BSU. Basically, you're saying I, I graduated with a degree in bull. I'm just saying. You know, I got Chris standing here. Hey, what other Buffalo degree, State University? Your other degree Buffalo got State- you. Listen to this. Yeah. Kirk Cousins I know. I know. pointed you out in a room. Paulson was in that room, right? Uh, he was not there. No, oh, he wasn't there that day? Yeah. Oh, wow. Shocker! I, I so was think about I that. was blown away. There are that, there all those Grant all his home all his home. Te- look, Grant would have spontaneously combusted in that room uh, if he'd have been there. The Minnesota media probably spontaneously combusting that they that he pointed you out in a room of all those reporters. Yeah, he pointed you out. Did you know that uh, Kevin O'Connell came uh, t- to me after his press conference and and. Shook your hand, said how you doing. Personally said hello and, yeah. and, and, you know, what have you. How about I mean, that? I mean, Look does that, that, does that, that tickle your fancy? Rooster. Rooster was like John Holmes in the room. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Everybody's Speak- standing around looking at Rooster like, <laughs> dag on it. Speaking of uh, Who's Kevin, that guy? Speaking of Kevin O'Connell and also as well Mike McDaniel, while we're on, just a quick note on former Redskins uh, coaches and coordinators and, and, and whatnot, both in their uh, wrapping up their first year and both firing their defensive coordinators uh, after one year. Uh, Not Josh Boyer in terms of on the job, but Ed Donatel on the job. Josh Boyer had been there before Mike McDaniel, so he inherited him. Mm -hmm. But through working one year, both firing both uh, defensive coordinators yesterday. So while we focus on Greg Roman and Byron Leftwich, think about this, right? We often call it like Black Monday. Yesterday was like, I don't know what the hell to call this Thursday because four, four coordinators either were fired or parted ways or resigned, whatever you want to call the Roman situation. Four. Uh, a week and a half after the regular season ended, and for some of those teams, obviously, just a couple of days after their season ended. But four, interesting. I think in the case of Roman, all of the criticism in many ways had become a distraction, I think, for for that team, for that fan base, and for head coach John Harbaugh. It was a question that John Harbaugh was going to get over and over and over again. And I think Greg, you know, I mean, look, Greg's been there for it, – it's not like he's a one-year guy. Nope. So, it, I, I I think Greg I think Greg will get another job. Oh, and I think, I think sometimes coaches – I give Greg Roman a lot of credit for having a lot of self-awareness there. Mm-hmm. I believe they had gotten to a point where it probably wasn't going to get better. And even if it incrementally got better next year – 
It wasn't going to be enough to satisfy that fan base, mm-hmm. and thus the organization hierarchy, DaCosta, Harbaugh, we're going to consistently get throughout training camp and throughout the season. We're going to continuously get questions about Roman, mm-hmm. certainly in particular if somehow they don't come to an agreement with Lamar Jackson. Yesterday, the Ravens said all the right things about you know having Lamar involved in the process and you know, in terms of who the next coordinator is. Right. In other words, trying to say, hey, Lamar, we really value you, man. We really think you're important here. Well, they said, uh, what, 200% or whatever the quote was, 200% that he'll be back uh, or that he's not going anywhere. That's that's what I they alleged. I think that's what John Harbaugh said. Yeah. I'll say 220% Lamar Jackson gets traded after the getting the franchise tag. How about that? How do you like them apples? Well, maybe. I'm sure well, that won't make headlines. Here's the deal. I think Greg Roman stepped aside because probably there's some friction or some divide between he and Lamar. You know, Lamar probably thinks, hey, part of the reason why I get injured and I've been injured the last two years down the stretch is because we're doing too much of this, you know, quarterback run stuff. I can throw the pill. I can th- if you get me some receivers, if you didn't trade away Marquise Hollywood Brown, which of course was, you know, Greg Roman's fault, if you didn't trade away him, a nearly a 1000-yard receiver, right? Uh with uh, 94 catches or whatever it was in his final year in Baltimore. If you drafted someone, anyone, signed anyone, someone that could stay healthy and play 8 games a year for the love of humanity. I can be a better quarterback. If you didn't make me do uh, checkdowns to the running back and play check down Charlie, if you didn't make me as my primary, even though he's really, 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 really good, if you didn't make me go to the tight end all the time, Andrews, I could do this, 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 and that, and I could preserve myself and protect myself. If you guys bolstered the offensive line instead of signing uh, or trading for Roquan Smith and then signing him to a $100 million deal or Marcus Peters, even though it made our defense way better, and that should theoretically help the offense and the team, I I guarantee you, guarantee is strong. I strongly suspect that Lamar Jackson is driving this divide, not only in the Ravens organization, but also that helped ease and grease the skids for Greg Roman to get out, even though together they made sweet music and he won the 2019 NFL MVP in just his second year and Roman's first year as coordinator, uh, second year with that organization under the current regime because he had previously served there. So I sit here and I say, I think Greg Roman left because he knew the writing was on the wall. I think John Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta didn't stop him because, as you correctly point out, they knew the writing was on the wall. And then on top of that, what we don't know, or at least what we can just suspect, is that Lamar Jackson and Greg Roman probably had a philosophical divide. And he said, hey, you want me to sign? You want me to give in? You want me to not take $240 million fully guaranteed? You want me to sign for you know, a five-year $240 million deal with only 125 fully guaranteed? I'll do that, but you got to give me this, 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 and this. Who blinks first? Do they get frustrated dealing with him in the negotiation and tag him and trade him, or do they get a deal done? 
Who blinks first? Uh, I think they because clearly, I think they, clearly the Ravens. Are the, look, the Ravens are the first team here, Chris. Right. I guess technically you could say Denver with the way with the deal that they signed Russell Wilson to last year. Teams are putting a foot in the ground, saying the Deshaun Watson thing is is garbage. Mm-hmm. We're not going there. Right. Okay. And if you keep asking to go there, we're just going to keep telling you no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna pay the price for Cleveland making a foolish deal. Yep. So who blinks first? Um, so how I see it, and again, this could be wrong. There's no inside information. They tag him. They don't get a long term deal done. They tag him, which is the appropriate thing to do. Uh, in this particular case, okay, in this particular case, I do. I did not – I strongly was against it with Kirk Cousins, and everybody knows the reasons why, when he first got tagged. In this particular case, because every situation is different, I strongly believe that tagging Lamar Jackson is the right thing to do and then being open, significantly open, Pedro, to trading him for whatever the best compensation package is. Because I believe – this is me – I believe the best long-term play for the Ravens organization is not to pay Lamar Jackson a five-year, $240 million deal with 175 or 150 or 160 fully guaranteed so that maybe it's not Deshaun Watson, but it's better than Kyler Murray. I strongly believe they would benefit from cutting that cord and re not rebuilding, reloading a smart organization that understands personnel and has understood the draft pretty well over the course of time. Have they? Not perfect. Not uh, perfectly. Okay. I mean, look, Lamar is a perfect example of, yes, they have. There were people, and you know this, Pete, he was awesome at Louisville, but there was lots of questions about the system, about how accurate he could be, about his mechanics, about whether he was going to develop into a true pocket passer. So what did the Baltimore Ravens do? They took Lamar Jackson. Great. Traded they up, traded back up to the first round to get him. Right, but they didn't but they didn't trade up from uh you know No, uh, I mean they didn't go up to like 10 or right, 5. Exactly. They got him they, at 32. They understood the value of the player, right? Right? And nobody could argue that as Lamar's career has turned out, no matter what you think of him, that there wasn't significant value in hindsight now at 32. It's the right? same thing. It's the thing. It's the same thing that scared people about an 11 year deal for a guy like Trey Turner in baseball. The main the main skill is wheels. Okay, five six years down the road, are his wheels are, are they still going to be able to get you the same production because of the physicality that comes with it? As you know, as it it is right now. In fact, the last two years he hasn't been able to finish the season because of the the abuse that his legs have taken. So that is that to me is the greatest risk to any team that takes him in a long term deal, and even if Baltimore resigns him to the long term deal, you know they they've got to reduce the wear and tear on the quarterback. That means getting him sacked less by improving the offensive line more and by, quite frankly, designing something that gets the ball out of his hands faster to receivers who can actually get open so he doesn't have to run the football as much and take that abuse on his legs. Whether And look, right now, 85% of the fan base here would take Lamar Jackson in a hot second. 
Okay? The question is, ultimately, is what would it cost you and would it keep you from making the necessary aids in other areas to help him and strengthen your football team? Because when you make that kind of commitment to one player, just look at what the $28 million to Carson Wentz did this year to hamstring this team in terms of being able to add free agent uh, people in the offseason. And granted, again, you got to be you got to have a good shopping list out there. This year was not a great shopping list. There wasn't great linebackers out there, uh, you know, in, in terms of free agency. There just wasn't. And this team, of course, paid the price as a result of that $28 million commitment to Carson Wentz. So Lamar Jackson would be welcomed in by any fan base, I believe, in the country. Eric Bieniemy would be welcomed as well. What might his availability be? And if there's a path to it, what is it? We'll talk about it after Chris tells us what's trending. All right, according to uh, John Kime of ESPN, Miami assistant head coach, running backs coach Eric Studisville will re-interview with the commanders on Monday. Again, they'll also talk to Rams assistant head coach and tight end Thomas Brown at some point next week per Kime for the vacant offensive coordinator position. Meanwhile, Ajiro Ivero uh, interviewing for the head coaching vacancy with the Cardinals. He's been a Denver Bronco assistant the last couple of years, highly thought of. Brian Callahan, son of Bill, is interviewing for the Colts head coaching position. Pete's guy, Dan Quinn, interviewing today both with the Broncos and the Colts as he gets ready for Sunday night's divisional playoff matchup for his Cowboys against the San Francisco 49ers. And speaking of the 49ers, D'Amico Ryans, their defensive coordinator, interviewing today with the Texans. Uh, NFL Network reporting Sean Payton's interview, which was scheduled for today in person with David Tepper and the Carolina Panthers postponed uh, because of the tragic death in the the Charlotte FC organization, which Tepper also owns in addition to the Panthers. Bethesda, Maryland native Notre Dame head coach Mike Bray planning to step down at the end of the year, ending a 23-year run in South Bend. And one final note, PG County native Francis Tiafo uh, has been knocked out of the Australian Open in the third round in four sets, and that's what's trending. one two three oh zero nine eighty take it to us here at russell and medhurst we're here till noon touchdown at 10 top of the hour eric Bieniemy, chris maybe the writing is on the wall and it, it may be more than a feeling mm-hmm. that that's one of the best bump backs we have by the way well, it's we a good should song. play that uh I, it's an incredible song yeah Still, no doubt all these years later um it, it look for eric Bieniemy, maybe to finally get rid of the naysayers mm-hmm and however it however it works in Kansas City, uh, whether it's Andy, whether it's him, whether it's a combination of both of them, whatever, for Eric to get free of any of this discussion and perception around the NFL, it might be to his advantage mm-hmm. to get somewhere where he's in complete control of the offense, calling the plays, and has definitive results for people to put down on the resume and his video and say, here, this is what I'm all about. This is what I can do 
as the head coach of your football team running the offense if I'm in charge. Perhaps now is the time, because the longer this goes like this, as we see, Chris, eventually you kind of get forgotten about. Right. In, in terms of head coaching interviews. Well, it's it's a good point. You become you like Leslie Frazier. Leslie yes. Frazier is a guy that 10 years ago, you know, w- was thought of as a hot coordinator mm-hmm. slash head coaching candidate. And everybody kind of keeps bringing him up now, but he still doesn't get any traction really in any of these Right. These interviews. And there's reasons for that. Number one, he's a little bit older, longer in the two. But that's what uh, I'm saying, though. Two, I mean, the not getting any younger. Right. N- well, number two, defensive coordinator. And, you know, of course, the elephant always in the room is that everybody still thinks that, you know, uh, th- that every coach that is African-American is way, 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 way behind in terms of the opportunities afforded uh, to them as opposed to their fellow white counterparts. Now, uh, that's a different argument for a different day, not going there. But the enemy, okay, your point of, you know, kind of, all right, we know that he does not call the plays. We know he has significant input. We know that Andy Reid is a savant, a genius. He is, in my opinion, Andy Reid is probably the best coach currently in the NFL in terms of scheme, innovation, game planning, calling, success. Yes, even more so now than Bill Belichick. Why? And maybe it's recency bias. Belichick has not won as much as Andy Reid in the last couple of years. And, of course, Belichick, much like Andy Reid to some degree, might not be able to be separated from, not 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 escape the shadow of, but separated from Tom Brady, Andy Reid, seemingly has been able to separate in terms of perception and what have you from Patrick Mahomes' greatness, but Eric Bieniemy hasn't. And part of the reason why he hasn't is, again, he is not the play caller, right? So when we bring all this up and we look around and we say, why are we talking about this? There's no chance Eric Bieniemy's coming for a lateral position. Well, and again, I- I'll just say this. Uh, I don't think this is going to happen, but I did find it intriguing overnight. I did see this. Our our guy, uh, Big Doug, right, uh, who we've been on his podcast. He's a good dude. Uh, he does a very popular fan podcast. He had uh, um, uh, Albright. Um, what the hell is this? Benjamin first Albright. Benjamin Albright. I was thinking Ethan Albright, the former long sniper. <laughs> uh, he had Benjamin Albright, who is – an NFL insider, let's call him that, from the Denver Broncos flagship station, KOA in Denver, on his podcast. He right? does come up with some good nuggets, he does. though. He, he's, he's wrong on a lot of things, though. So caution. Well, a lot of some people are. I, I know, but he's he's he his track record is his track record is spotty. Let's just call it that, okay? Uh, but. He, he does have a reputation. He does have a lot of followers. He does put a lot of news, a lot of things out there. So just take this for what it's worth, but we wanted to play it, and then we'll set it up for the 10 o'clock hour and touchdown at 10. Why don't we hear from the Big Douglas show? And, <laughs> and rapper Big not, Poo. And not Ethan Albright, <laughs> but what's his name again? Rapper Big Poo. No, no, no. No. no uh, uh, the, the, and, and, oh, Benjamin Albright. I keep forgetting Ben Ben Albright of KOA in Denver. 
a lame duck year for the commanders, basically. What what do you have any idea what kind of offensive coordinator they'll be looking to bring in? Uh, I, I know they're interviewing Pat Shermer, but I don't think that's a serious candidate. Um, I had heard a rumor about Eric Bieniemy, so I think that's the direction they're going to go. I think Eric Bieniemy is going to wind up being the guy, but we'll see. Um, it really is up to kind of Bieniemy at this point because he's not going to get a head coaching job this cycle. Uh, and I don't, I think he got one interview. And um, so I, I, you know, it's going to be up to the enemy to see what he wants to do because his contract with Kansas city, like I said, was only a one year deal. They're trying to push him out the door. So I, I, I think that's probably going to be his best, best fit. All right. We'll take your thoughts on that and give you our thoughts on it as well. An interesting angle. And if even remotely described as true, what Benjamin Albright said it's an interesting situation in Kansas City, and certainly if you're Eric Bieniemy, you're looking for something maybe a little bit fresher right now. 301-230-0980. Could it be here in Washington? We'll talk about it next on Touchdown at 10 right here on the Team 980. It's streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 